All right, welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. I'm Jonathan, and a few things going on. We've got the NBA Finals going on, Game Four tonight. Some off-season type stuff going on. CP3 getting released. Dame, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Coaches are getting paid, which is cool for them. But let's start with the finals. Been pretty competitive up until last game. And doesn't take a genius to look at the box score and say, well, Miami's losing the rebounding battle. Bad. I think it was like 51 to 24 Denver starters compared to Miami. And Miami started Kevin Love, who's a terrific rebounder. I mean, Bam Adebayo had 17 rebounds. Nobody else had more than four. Denver had three guys with 10-plus, including Joker with 21. And a team like Miami that relies so much on three-point shooting, if you're not going to get second-chance opportunities, you're going to lose every time. So see what happens in Game 4. See if they make adjustments. I'm sure Jimmy probably saw that, and he's going to, make more concentrated effort to get rebounds. But another thing that's come out of these finals, it's probably started in the Western Conference Finals, but Jokic is starting to get a lot more love. He's starting to get his flowers a little bit. And the main comparisons are being made towards Tim, Tim Duncan. And I think it's fair from the standpoint that Mentality-wise, character-wise, they're they're similar. Uh, not real boisterous, unselfish, not flashy. Uh, but to me, Joker's kind of he's just the modern day version of Tim, in the sense that it's really offensive-minded. Well-rounded, three-point shooting, can attack at the mid-range. He, I mean, he's got the complete offensive back. And he's obviously a better facilitator than Tim was, even though Tim was an outstanding passer out of the double teams. But Tim was a defender, too. He played both ends of the court. Now, I know Joker gets a lot of rebounds, but so did Tim. But Tim got a lot of blocks, game-saving blocks. And also, there's five things the Joker doesn't have yet. But he's on his way to getting his first, so that's cool. And I, I'm rooting for Denver. Small market team, former ABA club. Uh, I'm rooting for them to get it done. But, uh... I just... <sighs> slow down on the... Any kind of goat talk as far as... Even with skill sets. You know, Jay Williams this morning... Gonna probably end up. Joker's probably gonna end up with the, being the greatest offensively skilled big man ever. Don't forget about Arvidas Sabonis before he came to the U.S. Before he came to the NBA, the dude was a baller, and he was probably even bigger than Jokic, size-wise. Well, I mean, in the NBA he was, but you know, in Europe, yeah, he he wasn't as big. I'd have to go back and look, but I mean, talk about someone that was gifted. And could facilitate. So let, let's chill out on that and just enjoy what we're seeing. So 
Chris Paul got waived the other day. I was a little surprised. I thought for sure, yeah, he's going to get traded. But the waving was interesting. And then earlier today reported that there was talks of sign and trade Chris Paul for James Harden. Philly. I don't understand the obsession with James Harden. I really don't. He's a nice player, but I think you're trying to put too much in Phoenix. Uh, I, 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 I love the aggressiveness from the ownership, new ownership. But you can be too aggressive and start building and putting too many of the wrong pieces together. I would avoid that. And if I'm Chris Paul, it's Lakers. I mean, your best friends with LeBron. They were right there in the, in the conference finals. They really just need a good point guard. I mean, they need some other things, but I mean, they really need a good point guard. And if I'm Phoenix... You're still looking at a trade DeAndre Aiden. If you're so desperate for a big name, why not talk to Dallas? Get Kyrie Irving in a sign trade. Like that's like and that to me is a no brainer. Replace Chris Paul with Kyrie Irving. Get a little more offensive firepower at that position. You just hope he keeps his head on straight really. And if you're Dallas, that's the better fit. DeAndre Ayton and Luka running that pick and roll all day is going to be beautiful. You don't need Kyrie Irving. It doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense. So that would be what I think they should do. Will they? Will they pick those teams? Who knows? Some people have thrown the Spurs out for Chris Paul. Um... I mean, playing devil's advocate, yeah, it'd be great to have that kind of point guard, that kind of skill set and experience running things with Victor and the guys, but my concern is not on court, it's locker room. Lately, it seems like Chris Paul may not really vibing with guys, maybe. Uh, yeah, everyone praises him for his leadership, but you got to wonder, you know, attitude reflects leadership. And if people aren't happy around him, got to wonder. And I really don't want to inject any issues into our locker room because we got a good locker room with a good bunch of guys, high character guys. Things are good in there. I don't need another Steven Jackson type situation. So I vote no. Spurs didn't ask me, but I'm still voting no. Damian Lillard. You know, with all the interviews and cryptic posts, at some point, somebody in that Blazers front office is going to be like, you know what, let's just move on. Let's just move on from And you got to look at their situation like, man, we've got two first-round picks, one of which is the third overall. Available is going to be the best point guard prospect, one of the better ones we've seen in the last couple of years. We could easily jumpstart a rebuild right now. And we could get a haul for Dame. He wants to go to Brooklyn. Why, I don't know. But if we can get Michael Bridges and maybe Nick Claxton, plus a host of picks, hell yeah. Let, let's just let's just do it. Let's just do it. If it's if it's that time, now's gonna probably be their best time. 
And instead of like faux competing for a couple of years, kind of like the, the Spurs did after the Kawhi trade, where you're you're, you're pretending you're kind of pretending to compete. Uh, you're you're not. I don't say pretending. That, that's probably a bad choice. But you're you know you're trying to compete, but you know in your heart of hearts you're not going to win a championship. So why wait? You know, two three years. When Dame's cap number is going to be extraordinary, and then you're going to have to turn around and then tank. Whereas right now you've already kind of done the tanking, you can get a great point guard prospect and then get a bunch of stuff from Brooklyn. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think now is good as good a time as any to do it. You know, you do right by Dame, send him to a team that he wants to go to, pick up a couple of good players and a bunch of picks. But there is one little hiccup. Ben Simmons is going to have to be involved to make the money work. That's where I think the Spurs could get themselves a nice consolation prize. If they so chose to. You know, Ben is making 37, 38 million this year. He's going to be making 40 next year. And right off the bat, everyone's going to say, no way, no thanks, he doesn't shoot, yada, yada. There's a bunch of reasons why you don't do it. But if you really look at the big picture, we're kind of in a win-win. You get Ben Simmons for two years, right? We're not looking to try to really compete the first couple of years. Maybe try it for the play and get some playoff experience. But we're not really looking to try to make a championship run in the first two years. Nobody else on the team besides Devin Vassell needs to get paid in the next two years. Free agency class next season, next summer is decent. But the one after, when Ben comes off the books, is really good. We're talking Paul George good. Kawhi Leonard good. I know we're not probably going to resign Kawhi Leonard, but I'm just saying. So, why not take a chance? Plus, pick up some draft compensation for taking him, which means maybe a first-round pick this year or a future. And what if you actually resurrect Ben? He's been working out a lot this summer so far. What if you hit? Maybe not like, oh my god, he's averaging 28-8, but you know, get close to those all-star numbers, but more importantly, if he becomes that elite perimeter defender again. Now you got someone with the size to guard Luca. And that's intriguing to me. I mean, if you're so desperate to upgrade the point guard position and you can't get Scoot, I think this is your next best option. I think he'll come here and keep his head down Pop will protect him if he's still coaching. We still haven't signed him. <laughs> uh, and then two years, his contract comes off the books, would open up a ton of cap space for us. And it's a really good free agency class. Why not? I would like to see Ben Simmons and Victor run that pick and roll and pick and pop. Man, that'd be insane. Our starting lineup would be huge. No one under 6'6". Six, six. I mean, depending on what you see, Devin, is he 6'5", six, 6'5", six, but semantics. I think it's intriguing. 
And now you don't have to give anything up to try to move up in the draft unless you really want to go after Kalabali or somebody. Then you still got Devontae Graham as a backup. I think that's a I think it's a good move. I think it'd be a really good move. And interesting move at least. Something to consider if you can't get Scoot. Let's see, um coaches getting paid, man, that Money Williams contract is something else. But he is the best coach for Detroit and what they're trying to do. You know, they're still developing a couple of guys, but they still got they got some guys a little farther along. Plus they're they're talking about going after Cam Johnson, Jeremy Grant. Detroit is a if they can pull off these moves, they they could be sneaky competitive next year. They might even leapfrog Orlando in competitiveness. I mean, let's see what Orlando does in the draft in the summer. You know, they can grab like a Fred Van Vliet. I mean, they could both be sneaky competitive, but Detroit's got something cooking really good there. So I would be intrigued to see what they do. It's tough to get restricted free agents, you know? You know, Brooklyn can match anything. And if they do make that Dame trade, they're probably going to want to keep, keep Cam. So... Be interesting to see what happens. Game four tonight. We're getting closer and closer to the draft. That's just my two cents on a couple of things that have gone on the past few days. Appreciate you listening.